Well, morning, Shane. Morning, Ant. Thanks very much for joining us. Um, we're not really actually in a lull, but we're not doing results or AGMs or anything at the moment. So it's actually a good time to talk about our purpose and strategy, because sometimes it, get, it gets lost if we're reporting or we're, we're doing other events. It's not a secret, obviously. Um, so I wonder, Shane, if we can just sort of step through it, uh, the purpose, how it aligns with our strategy, how it aligns with the businesses that we're <coughs> focusing on. Sure. You're right. It's, um, it's not a, a results period. And unfortunately, what happens in results, everybody becomes completely obsessed about uh, the numbers, which are really an outcome of what we do every day. So if we just go back in time a little bit, uh, when I took over as CEO seven years ago, I mean, the world that we lived in was vastly different, right? And the banking environment was very different. And certainly at that time, to be perfectly honest, banking was a lot easier. Um, and there was, you know, returns were high. And, you know, if we, we had a reasonable market share. And so, you know, we sort of muddled through and did pr pretty well. Um, as the environment changed pretty radically for all sorts of reasons, which we can talk about, and we were way ahead of seeing that those trends were coming, um, it was really clear to us that we had to have a much tighter sense of what we were doing and how we were going to win. And so we went back to basics, and uh, that was where the work came about from purpose. What's the point? What, you know, we have 40,000 people who come to work every day, uh, day somewhere in our organisation, who do amazing things for customers. What's the point of it all? So he said, uh, you know, the purpose what, um, we articulated is to shape a world where people and communities thrive. Well, if that's what we're about, and that's what we, you know, we come to work every day to do, how are we going to embed that in terms of what we do for customers? And that really informed our strategy. Because I think in the past, if you asked a lot of people at ANZ what was the strategy of the bank, they really would have struggled. You know, sell more home loans, do more of this, do more of that. So we really said, based on that purpose, our strategy is pretty clear. Our strategy is to improve the financial well-being and sustainability of our customers. That's the value that we're going to deliver. And as a result of that, we expect to win more market share have more loyal customers so that we're able to generate fair and decent returns for our shareholders. And then, of course, if that's the strategy, and you know, there was lots of work that went into why that was the strategy, then would, who would you do that for? And we said, well, we want to help people buy and own a home in Australia or New Zealand. Not just any home, but a livable, sustainable, uh, affordable home. We want to be able to do that. We want to be able to, um, for people to start, run and grow a small business and do so in a sustainable way not just from an environmentally sustainable point of view, but actually, you know, most businesses fail. So we want our, the, our customers to succeed and be sustainable in an economic terms. We want to help them do that. And then finally, um, we really want to help those larger companies um, move goods and capital around the region. And that's something that ANZ does particularly well and has unique strengths in. So those were really the three areas. So that's to us is a coherent business model, strong sense of purpose, articulated in, in our strategy and then really clear about how who and how we're going to deliver that um, strategy and of course if we get that right we win more market share more customers choose us they stay with us longer and we're able to generate those fair and decent returns for shareholders which we get to talk about uh, at results well thanks for that. it makes it clear to me too actually so um but and shane refers to a lot of work yep. being done you did a lot of that work as as head of strategy when you're working on it, what are the principles that are the first and foremost for you? Yeah. Well, when, if you think about our strategy, it's really predicated on two principles. The first principle is the principle of value creation. And typically, we would think about that as value creation for shareholders, but actually, with um, the work around the purpose, we've really broadened that out to talk about the value creation for both our customers in terms of their financial well-being and our shareholders in terms of better returns. And the challenge for us has always been to to have that as 
two sides of the same coin. So rather than talk about today, are we talking about our shareholders and creating value for them? And tomorrow are we talking about improving the financial well-being of our customers. We want the conversation to be all around how do we achieve both. So that's been a really important principle for us and how, talk, how we think about aligning purpose and strategy. The second principle has been one of agility. Um, and actually, over the weekend, I was reflecting on the work that we've done um, pretty much actually since 2012, 2013, post the GFC. Um, and just how quickly the environment has changed over that time. And I think it, we recognised that we were not going to be able to predict the future. You know? and if you go back to um, 2010, 2010 was the first time we launched Go Money. It was the first digital banking app in the country. And today, everything is digital. And so the market moves incredibly quickly. And so it was our view that we couldn't predict the future. And therefore, what we needed to do was to build agility into the organisation, both in terms of the way we, um, the technology and the infrastructure and the technology state that we have, and the operating model that we have, the way we actually work on top of that. And so that's been, that, the strategy really has been bringing together those two principles. So how do we create value for our shareholders and our customers in terms of the financial wellbeing, at the same time as improving agility so that we can respond to the changing environment um, in the future? You know, mm. because the environment is changing so much, changing rapidly, competitors are coming from all, from all around. How do you understand that agility element of it? Yeah, so I agree with that in the sense that if you can't predict the future, all you can do is be prepared for almost anything, right? And, and that's really what agility is about. So in, in my way of thinking about it, we said there are a number of things that we can do. There are a number of resources we have to, to improve that agility. One was, and excuse me for my sort of hokey analogy, but one's the software of the organisation, which is our people and culture. So we said we need to have people with the right gr this growth mindset. So you might remember we did work with Carol Dweck, who's sort of the originator of this idea of growth mindset, which is do we have people who observe, uh, can see what's happening in the world and be able to translate that into what's important in terms of us servicing our customers tomorrow. So that sort of mental agility people are prepared for change, people who embrace change, people are okay working on new and exciting things, etc. So that was really about growth mindset and about the kinds of people we have and also the culture that we have that embraces change, um, innovation, sometimes failure, um, etc. as we learn, test and learn. So that was the sort of cultural agility um, and you know that was probably most visibly manifested in actually adopting agile ways of working, for not for everybody but for big, big change of the organisation. The second part of it, is, of course, was more the infrastructure. And that is probably the most difficult part because banks, like many large legacy old companies, are built on lots of fixed infrastructure. You know, we have big data centers, we have big, well-established processes for doing stuff. And those are really efficient and work extraordinarily well for, for many of our customers, but they're slow and cumbersome when it comes to change. It's really difficult for us to add new features, add new compliance functions, try new things on those systems. So a big chunk of it was trying to rewire the organisation from a physical infrastructure point of view and process to make it more agile. And it's fair to say we've still got a lot of work to do. We're much further advanced than we used to be, and you can see it today in terms of some of the processes uh, we have, more digital, uh, etc. But we've still got a long way to go. And probably the most recent um, um, thing that you will have seen, and we announced it at the last results, was a material move of a lot of our applications into the cloud. Why are we doing that? Because that cloud environment essentially turns everything into software and allows us to be much more agile and faster in the way that we roll out new features and functions. 
And add um, that moving to a sort of more agile kind of bank, what does that mean in, in practice with the work you're doing? Obviously, one of the other things that's been happening for seven years now is simplification, which yep. you know, to a degree is, is removing businesses and complexity here. But how do you put these ideas in, into practice with the strategy? So if we go back to, to the, um, those principles, they really triggered a, a program of work focused around what we describe as four strategic imperatives, creating purpose -led, a purpose-led culture, uh, simplifying the business, building um, the digital capabilities that we needed and doubling down in particular areas. And so what we've been doing is kind of working through all of those. And so when Shane talks about um, the agility of the organisation and, and, the, um, and we talk about the purpose, we've got a set of propositions we want to deliver to our customers that we think pe hopefully people will love and they will want to use. But it, unless we have the underpinning technology and data and all those things that, that make that work, then they, will be, they won't work at all. So what we're trying to do is make sure we're really clear about what propositions we need to build and the technology that will enable that. You can't do that across all sorts of, you know, I think go back to where we started, we had so many different businesses, many of them subscale, a lot of them unprofitable. We decided that we, in order to, to make that change, to build that new technology, we needed to, to exit a lot of businesses because you couldn't do, you couldn't make that change at, across everything. It was just, just to take too long, be too hard. So that's part of the, the point of simplification has been in order to create that, that agility, um, sort of jettisoning the baggage, if you will. Um, and then as Shane talked about in terms of the operating model, um, having the people who know how to work on those new systems, but also the operating model in terms of the non-operating, the, um, the non-bank structure, enables you to be more selective about where you do do the work as well. So they are all linked. Um, they are all dependent on each other. H having the right propositions, supported by the right technology, with the right operating model to to make to bring it all together. Uh, you referred there to the the non-bank structure, which was mm. approved at the last annual meeting. May, uh, can you just run through quickly the purpose for that again? Sure. So we're going to this kind of idea of an adaptive business model. It's great to have people with the right mindset and the right ways of working, but if they're in the wrong way, the wrong sort of legal structure, they won't be able to achieve their full potential. And so there are things that we do today and things that we want to do in the future which don't really need to be regulated by by APRA, then they are effectively non-banking activities. And so we want those non-banking activities to, to sit outside the bank-regulated uh, part of the organisation. The, um, our 1835i assets are classic examples of that. You know, we, we own a business called Cash Rewards. We don't want the people in Cash Rewards having to, to comply with all of the bank, uh, all of the, the bank grade um, policies in, um, to to make, oh, sorry, if they're going to be successful. And so we've moved them into the non-bank where they can have it with effectively a policy light framework for them to work in. So they still need to um, meet certain requirements around cyber security, customer consent and all those sorts of things. But there's a whole series of banking regulations that they don't need to comply with and nor do we want them to have to comply with. Internally, a lot of this work is captured by a phrase that's been used for a couple of years now, the bank we're building, which, you know, people often say, well, when are we going to finish building? But I, I'm assuming that part of the point is we're constantly building them. Absolutely. You know, one of the observations, and I don't, I, I've only ever worked in uh, banking uh, over my career, is 
there's always this desire from our people, irrespective of the organization, to, you know, to when are we going to finish with the change? When are we going to finish with the restructuring? When are we going to finish moving all the deck chairs around? And the answer is never. And the reason is because the environment isn't, isn't uh, stopping. You know, customer expectations are not stopping. Regulatory expectations aren't stopping. Community expectations aren't stopping. So there's constant change. And so the only way for us to really sort of um, adapt or the only way for us to be successful in that is to continue to evolve and to continue to change at pace. And so we're always going to be changing things. And so it's never going to be finished. We've, we've been building the bank now for almost 190 years. And, you know, our job is to continue to con build it for the next 190 years and beyond. So the bank we're building, I think, was a phrase that really captures this idea that it's an active forever phase um, and there is no end date. Now, there'll be lots of things, by the way, that we will finish along the way, you know, and that's exciting. You take pleasure in those things as we're building, whether it's foundational work or whether it's um, some of the new customer features and functions that we're delivering out into market. So there'll be lots of milestones to celebrate along the way in terms of the bank we're building, but there'll always be more and more things to do. Now, from my perspective, that's what makes working in a bank like KNZ really exciting. Uh, and then, presumably, the, the constant change doesn't mean uh, ANZ will change its purpose or change its no. strategy. It's, it's more at the implementation side of it. So what, how does that sort of govern the work that you'll be doing, you know, six months, 12 months, five years? I think as Shane alluded to a little bit earlier, there are a lot of people within the organisation who perhaps didn't fully understand what, what the strategy was, but also what the future environment or the future bank might look like. Uh, notwithstanding Shane's point that you're never quite finished, I think there is a desire for people to understand what it might look like. And so one of the things around the, and the reason for the bank we're building construct was to give people a bit of a sense of what it would look like. If you think about it as a house, I don't have to tell you exactly what's in every room, but I need to tell you the, how many rooms you might have and the types of things that the, the house might look like. And so we've been, we spent some time trying to describe over a sort of a three to five year period, what are the things you should expect to see? And we've kind of categorised those in, in four, broad, uh, four, four broad buckets that are very much aligned to that strategy that we talked about. So purpose-led propositions that customers love, uh, resilient technology platforms, an adaptive operating model and dynamic and disciplined resource allocation. And those things are, as I said, are very much linked to our strategy. But then within each of those, there are pieces that we're working on. So what are the, what are the propositions that we need to build for our commercial and retail customers? What are the ecosystems that we are bringing to life to, to provide, um, to make banking really easy for our customers? What are we doing around our institutional business, um, and particularly in terms of helping our customers transition to sustainable, uh, more sustainable solutions, et cetera. So there's quite, there's a number of different elements to within those four headings. And so we're working on each of those at the moment. We've got kind of objectives over and, and um, objectives over the next three years for each of those. So that's kind of what we use to, to guide our work. Um, we have a sort of, a, for want of a better term, a blueprint that we're working towards, even if that blueprint is always being um, updated and, and, um, and continues to evolve. And the more we do, the better we get the more we link our investment and all those sorts of things to each of these different things, we have much greater transparency. And not only do we have, does that enable that dynamic resource allocation, but it helps to, to peop for people to understand how's the work that they're doing actually contributing to, to that bank we're building. And I suppose, final question, Shane, is it working? 
how do you know, what are you looking at to see whether the strategy Yeah, great question. Yes, it is working, and we're at early days. By definition, you know, the, the measures of success of this are in the long term, right? So we have a dashboard that we look at and we share with our board that focuses not on the P&L or the profit before provisions or the CTI or JAWS, all those other things. They're really, really important in the short term, but it's more higher level. If this works, then we should be able to evidence that we are delivering and living up to our purpose. And we should be able to see that more customers are choosing us. They're staying more loyal. They're more satisfied with what they receive. The community has more respect for, for what we're doing and the value we're adding to the broader economy. Uh, that our employees uh, enjoy working here and feel valued and that they're able to contribute, et cetera. So there's a whole range of metrics that we look. And it's, um, they're not, it's not a sea of green at the moment to say that they're all working well, but that you can absolutely see the trends are in, in the right direction. I think just to bring it all together, the way that I, and I understand there's lots of um, lists and attributes and things we're talking about here. Our purpose will never change. You know, maybe, maybe we didn't articulate it in the past, but the point is it was always there. We, we have been shaping a world where people and communities thrive for 190 years, so that will never, that will never change. The, the strategy about improving financial wellbeing and the sustainability of our customers, that might change a little bit at the edges, but 90% of it is, is hardcore. That'll just, that'll move a little bit just based on what's happening out in the real world. The way we deliver that strategy, that will continue to evolve, and that's the bank we're building. That will continue to be different, you know? Who, as to, to Ant's point, who knew 15 years ago that the way we would be doing that is using mobile phones, uh, using smartphone technology? We didn't know that. And who's to say how things like AI, generative AI and things are gonna shape our future? I have no idea. So that's the point about the execution, the way we go about these things will change, but the foundations to shape a world where people and communities thrive, that'll never change. Our strategy about improving the financial well-being and sustainability of our customers, that essentially will never change either. So it's really about the how, and that's what I think is exciting. And the good news is it's coherent. Now that we're getting this rhythm, and it came through in our last results, uh, Andrew, um, shareholders in particular, and that's where we spend a lot of time, are saying, ah, you've been saying this now for seven years. I'm seeing there's a consistency and coherence here, and I can start to see the metrics and the results are reinforcing what you, what you said. And so that's really exciting um, place to be. Well, thanks very much for your time, Ant, Shane. Thank you. Um, that was a very useful discussion and, you know, more sort of comprehensible now as a, a sort of whole entity. So thanks again for the time. Thank you.